0: Welcome to the Utah Women and Leadership podcast. We are continuing our new series of conversations highlighting each of the 18 critical areas of focus that are part of A Bolder Way Forward. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, the Karen Haid Huntsman Endowed Professor of Leadership at Utah State University and I'm also the founding director of the Utah Women and Leadership Project and today I'm here with the leaders who are heading up the area and we call them spokes in the wheel of change poverty and homelessness. First, Karen McCandless, CEO of Community Action Services and Food Bank in Provo, and Peggy Green, Program Manager for the Utah Office of Homeless Services. Welcome to
1: both of you.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here.
0: So as an introduction for our listeners, A Bolder Way Forward is a statewide movement that is bringing together businesses, organizations and individuals, and I would say communities too, who are either already doing related work around women and girls, or who are ready to get engaged and lean into the work. If we are serious about ensuring that Utah girls and women and their families better thrive, we need to create positive change much faster. A Bolder Way Forward leaders are working together to accomplish bold goals in 18 critical areas that require societal change. And one of these is poverty and homelessness. So let me jump right into the questions with my two guests today. Karen, let's start with you. First, please provide our listeners with an overview of the Poverty and Homelessness Spoke.
2: Right, thank you. The Poverty and Homelessness Spoke is uh, working to connect all the different efforts that are happening in the state right now to address poverty and homelessness. Utah women are disproportionately affected by poverty and recognizing that and working to to solve that and bring everybody out of poverty is is the objective of of the spoke. We find that even though Utah has a very low poverty rate in comparison to other states in the nation, there are still thousands and thousands of people in our state who are in poverty, and this affects health, physical and mental health, it affects uh, employment, it, it affects uh, child care, it affects just ways to move around, and, and it just affects ways for people to thrive within a community. And homelessness has been increasing as well. And maybe Peggy can talk a little bit about the homelessness spoke, part of the spoke.
0: Well, thank you so sure. much. And as we know, as we know, Karen, you know, we published a report on single mothers, but also on poverty. And if you are a single mother in the state of Utah, you- the, the percentage of, of you living in poverty just increases substantially. Absolutely. So different parts of our population are affected differently. And uh, Peggy, a little bit more about homelessness.
1: Sure. As we know, um, homelessness is getting closer and closer to everyone. Um, it's not just, uh, you know, white men. It's reaching families. It's reaching seniors. Um, and we are breaking record numbers of those falling into homelessness. Uh, and so it's definitely where our focus needs to be, along with poverty. And some people say, well,
0: why would we see an increase? But the cost of housing, oh my gosh, it has just skyrocketed and We don't see a real end in sight at this point. So Peggy, can you continue on and just, you know, help us understand what are the bold goals of your spoke, especially as we're working towards 2026 and then 2030?
1: Right. Uh, We really do have some bold goals, as I know all the spokes do. Um, But one of the things that we're focusing on is, is overall reducing poverty by 10%. So that's a bold goal. The next thing that we're really working on is implementing policies that facilitate and get rid of any stage disqualification. So we're talking about the cliff effect here where someone's receiving some support, they get level, uh, they start making progress and then support is pulled out from underneath them, creating that cliff effect. Um, I feel really strongly about that one. The other thing is reducing the number of cost-burning families, which is the increasing number that we're talking about when we're talking about those living in in, uh, poverty and nearing homelessness, and increasing the availability of affordable and deeply affordable housing in all communities statewide, which is something that our state strategic plan is working on heavily, And then I think probably most importantly is working on that public sentiment around poverty and homelessness and uh, really decreasing the number of folks that believe that it's a result of individual agency, decreasing uh, folks that feel that it's, you know, just personal bad personal choices that create these situations, um, and then increasing the amount of personal responsibility that uh, comes with supporting those in poverty and and preventing homelessness in Utah.
0: Yeah, I've definitely found through the years, and and even worked in my own family about the attitudes that if people just work hard enough, everybody can have the same benefits, everyone can earn the same money, and so forth. But Peggy, I mean, years ago, you you both are actually much more experts than I, but I have read a lot around intergenerational poverty. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, it's hard. It's if your mentality and everything. I mean, everybody doesn't have the same opportunities to go to college and so forth. And I, I think
1: a lot of people still in
0: Utah believe that.
1: You know, when we talk about intergenerational poverty, and Karen, I hope it's okay. I just jumped right in on that one. Um, One of the most amazing things is the things that I've read around how intergenerational poverty continues. Aside from the really obvious things, one of the things that surprised me the most is we always say, um, oh, it's how how they grew up. They're just going to continue. It's all they know. But it's really deeper than that. And one of the things that I have read about is folks that are in intergenerational poverty believe that we all receive the same amount of assistance and that's just what all human beings do, not just their family, not just their neighborhood. Hmm. Um, And so to me, that's really telling. Um, And so it's, it is a lot more than, you know, yeah. Pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. And and yeah, Karen, that's... of course,
0: Karen, you work in this all the time. So mm-hmm. I would love to have your comments, but then also move towards, you know, telling us about how are you measuring the progress as well? Yeah,
2: yeah. this, we see this all the time. We see this, this feeling that people, if they, if they could just apply themselves harder, or pull them up by their bootstraps, or they might not even have boots, not just bootstraps. Yeah. The the analogy that I often use is uh, we were in a baseball game. I grew up middle class. I was born on third base. All I have to do is get to home plate. We have individuals in our community who are on first base. They may not even know there's a stadium that they have to go to. And it's not by any choice of their own necessarily. It's because of the situation they're in. And so we think of it like a baseball game that some of us are on different bases, then we can work together as a community to try and get everybody back to home. So as far as measuring, there are a lot of data points out there. Uh, One great resource that we use a lot is through the Department of Workforce Services. Like Peggy mentioned, the state is doing a lot of work on affordable and deeply affordable housing. We do a lot of data work on the number of people experiencing poverty, uh, homelessness, uh, the point in time count, which we do to count those on a set date who are experiencing homelessness. We use a lot of census data. Uh, that, that's really, there's a lot of information in that. And then, like the American Community Sur- uh, Survey, the ACS survey. We also use information and gather information from different housing organizations, mm. like the National Low Income Housing Coalition. And then the one, one that uh, Peggy mentioned that she's pretty passionate about, and I am as well, is the, is the cliff effect. And that is really a policy issue. And so working and advocating for that and then just tracking and Inserting our efforts to make lawmakers aware of these issues and and how they can address that is is another way that we can can use to measure that.
0: I I really I mean, the as Peggy talked about, I mean, the goal, the ultimate goal is to, of course, have less Utah families. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we're talking about women and and children, but. All of this affects men too, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, And boys. So it's all related. So the hope is to reduce homelessness, to reduce poverty, and give more people opportunities to thrive. So Peggy, your two organizations are working together, but there really are a lot of organizations working together. Tell us a little bit more about the partners and some affiliates.
1: I think one of the comments Karen and I both said at the, be- at the beginning of this project was how lucky we are uh, in this particular spoke, because there is so much work happening already, as I think there are in, in the other spokes as well. Um, and and our job was to bring all of this great work together and to take from each one of the organizations. So, of course, community action services that, that Karen is with, the state of Utah, we're proud to be a part of it. Uh, One of our recent partners that is probably the most active and I'm so glad to see is the USU Extension uh, Food Coalition because they are doing what we wanna do and that is look at all of the facets of poverty and homelessness and not only ensure that there are services in the immediate but looking forward as well. So we also have uh, the benefit of working with women of the world. Um, Utah leagues of cities and towns, so that we can reach every community. The refuge. Uh, so many people, like I said, that are already doing this work, and it's just a matter of us pulling it together and looking at at the at the the data, looking at the work. So we welcome, you know, any other partners.
0: Thank you so much, and Peggy, real quick. Talk about the homeless councils, because those are major partners. And then, then Karen, let's go to you real quick to just talk about community action. You work in Provo, but there's other community actions as well. So first, Peggy.
1: Sure. So uh, we're weaving in the local homeless councils. There are 13 statewide, and those are collaborative groups of people in communities uh, that cover small sections of the state that work together to end homelessness. And they also work in all of those supportive services to support individuals in crisis. And then I also am seeking to pull in the Utah Homelessness Council, uh, which is really our legislative body, um, and and pull in the work of our state homeless coordinator to ensure that uh, the, the goals that we have are aligned with some, some stake goals. I
0: love that. And then Karen, how many community actions are there around the state? And, and I know we want to pull them in, but you're also connected to it in yours. And I assume all of those community actions are connected to United Ways and other organizations too. Talk a little bit about that.
2: Okay. Yes, uh, there are nine community action agencies across the state, a little over half of them are actually connected to what are called associations of government. So, uh, for example, in our service area, a Mountland Association of Government, but we're a private nonprofit, so we're not associated with them. But Bear River, up in the north part of the state, Bear River Association of Government, that's where their community action agency is housed. Mm-hmm. Um, Southeastern Utah Association of Governments, that's where their community action agency is housed. Community action agencies are there to help alleviate poverty. They were created through the Lyndon Johnson and the War on Poverty in 1964. There are about a thousand of them across the country. And there's a network in our state, we we work very closely together with our state association to address these different issues, share ideas, and, and get out there and eliminate poverty. I
0: love that. And we're working with, and I know you will too, working with United Ways and other organizations as well that have that as part of their missions. And so the point of a bolder way forward is that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts and there's lots of pieces and parts, but how do we bring that together, coordinate in more powerful ways? So we're, we're nearing the end of our time, but Peggy, let me go to you. How can people get involved?
1: They can reach out to the Ray Forward website, um, which I, I had it, of course, right there and lost <laughs> it. So maybe you can help me with that. Yeah. Um, and they can reach out to myself. I can be reached uh, by phone, uh, by email, uh, Peggy Green at Utah.gov, and they can reach out to Karen as well. Um, and we would love to talk about how we can take what you're doing, what your organization is doing and, and bring this into this spoke. Yeah. Thank you so
0: much. And I know, I know we want to really partner with all organizations, but also there are people passionate, individual people, uh, Karen, are, are there ways for just s- someone that listens to this to say, I want to do something to help in this. Um, they can reach out to both of you. But any other thoughts, Karen?
2: Another, yes, there are other ways that people could get involved because if you say, okay, we're going to go out there and tackle poverty and homelessness, it's very, very daunting, but there are little things you can do. You can listen to stories, learn about what's happening in your community. What, what organizations have opportunities for you to be involved in eliminating poverty, like the Circles Initiative here in, in Provo? Uh, you can learn about the cliff effect, understand the impacts of poverty on a wide variety of issues, a wide variety of the spokes. All these spokes are interconnected. Yeah. Just learning, championing um, and being empathetic and doing something.
0: Thank it's... you so much. And just in a in a 15 seconds, Peggy, what are a couple of the final thoughts?
1: as you mentioned earlier, we cannot do any of this in a silo and we have to have the bring together of everybody. Um, so even if you give one hour or you give a hundred hours, we,
0: we need it all. Thank you so much. And Karen, any final thoughts?
2: Just every little bit helps. And just remember we're community. We are all doing our best and caring about each other and working together is how we make these communities thrive.
0: Karen and Peggy, thank you for joining me today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. And thanks to Nick Pora for his technical support. To learn more or to get involved, visit the website abolderwayforward.org. This movement requires thousands, and I would say tens of thousands of us, working <laughs> together to create positive change. For Utah's girls and women. So consider joining us in this work. In addition, learn more about the Utah Women and Leadership Project at utwomen.org. Thank you.